0: Thank you for that. I did want to, um, in specific, give uh, a word of love and and welcome, Christian greetings to each one, from the little ones out there listening to the elderly as well, that uh, we all would find joy as we consider that picture of the empty tomb this morning. I want to uses a theme of, for the message of focusing on the peace that comes to us, that is made available to us as we consider our resurrected Lord. I had to think of the words in the Gospel of John there, previous to His death and resurrection, He had these words to say to the disciples. In uh, chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the Prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. That message of peace has always stood out to me, and as I contemplate how is it possible that this signifies peace to men's hearts? How is it possible? It is only through the Word of God, the the knowledge of God and His manifestation of His will, of His plan of salvation and the work of, of salvation in Christ. <clears throat> There are the words of a hymn that I some time ago became acquainted with and I thought it depicts so much the necessity of what is necessary for us to fully be blessed as we look into that empty tomb, to understand the significance of it because it changes the life of His people. One of the things that I've pondered as we consider this Lord's Day, this Easter Sunday, is that in the world around us, while very different today, this is the day of the year that I'm told more people gather together, make their way to a church, to attend a worship service. And my question as I ponder that is, what difference does it make to them to go? What is in focus? What is in focus for us when we think of Easter Sunday? Do the foundational elements of this wonderful occasion, wonderful happening grip us or are we Just as attuned or more focused on the family we'll see, the ones we'll get together with, the menu, what will we have for the noon meal? What will we do? What will we talk about this afternoon? Is it a conversation? Will it be a conversation of sacrifice or a conversation of self? The words of this old hymn here is titled Appeal to the Savior, but it speaks words of one that understands the beauty of the rest that we find in in our Lord. I'll read the verses, lyrics at this time Christ, thou my life and my hope, thou my faith and salvation. Worthy to take from me homage and true consecration. Lead thou my mind, Savior so true and so kind, unto devout adoration. Joy of my heart, my beloved, I exalt thee forever. Holy I sacrifice body and soul to thee ever. Great is my gain, if I with thee shall remain. May not my soul from Thee sever. One thing, O Lord, above all will I covet and cherish. Rest for my soul and may all other vain objects perish. My only joy all other pleasure destroy. In me Christ only shall flourish. Ruler of life, O now rule in my heart and endeavor, that all my life may be holy and God-pleasing ever. Thy spirit give, that to thy glory I live, here and in heaven forever. The words of these verses of him I am certain, did not come from the heart of one of a casual commitment, of a casual acquaintance with God. But came from the heart of one who had seen the true capacity, the true effect of that empty tomb and out of it rose that spirit of worship, that spirit of bringing everything he had to the Almighty and be joined together as father and his child. When I think of those many of whom will go to Easter worship today, and yes, I pray that there will be many that will approach it with a renewed zeal, with a renewed willingness to search the depths of their hearts that God may speak, may minister to their needs just as we will ours. And as I reflect on the work of Christ, I have to ponder the fact that as He gave of Himself, as He sacrificed Himself, as, as He made Himself to be available for the will of the Father to give His life. What is required of you and I this morning? What is His desire for us? Is it not that we delight in Him? Is it not that we know Him? Is it not that we understand Him, as the prophet Jeremiah writes? The amount, the effect, the impact of any effort that one makes on this day to gather and worship at an Easter service today will reflect on how we respond to Him. Many times, perhaps, there have been occasions where each one of us have limited the ability for God to work in our hearts and lives because of a lack of openness, a lack of wholehearted availability and surrender to Him. As I reflected on the account there in the Old Testament of of Abraham hearing the voice of God and that call for him to go and sacrifice his son Isaac. And I was inspired in a new way as I thought of that in in the respect and in as much as you analyze his his obedience his willingness to consider that which he was promised that which he was given as the most precious his only his son of promise and yet he made great effort there he went those 3 days journey and then as he stood before his god he said these words, he told his servants, I and the lad will go and worship and come again. He said something there that he had no right to say as he was called to sacrifice his son. And yet in Hebrews we're reminded that he believed God. That God was able, even though he was asked, he was tested, he was found faithful. I ask us this morning as we look at that empty tomb, how many times are there things that God has granted us or that we lay hold of in life that we are not willing to travel to Mount Moriah with? I think that we have all been at that place and there are others and I trust that this is our state today, that we find ourselves in a state, an attitude of surrender, an attitude of worship, that we understand the virtue and the value of approaching that mount of sacrifice with whatever God calls us to place there says here in, in Genesis chapter 22, following that God provided that ram called in a thicket, it says there in verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. And as the sand of and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. We're taught something here in this illustration as well in this record that as God calls us to to bring to Him all we have, as we place it on the altar, it is sanctified, the altar sanctifies the gift we give Him. And we see that in God's response here to Abraham this morning. Several things I'd like to look at briefly regarding the the account of His resurrection this morning. Many of the Gospels refer to the arrival of the ladies, the the women there early that morn. I don't plan to, to linger too long on this message this morning, but I'd like to look at The fact there that the interaction there that they had, they had, some of the the women had been there following his burial, there in sorrow and anguish, and here they came early again to seek, to pursue, to, to minister to, to labor, to anoint. But I'm impressed, and perhaps I'd like to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, or 11 through 18, some verses here regarding um, a person that God had done, Jesus had done so much for. Let me begin the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 18. I'm sorry, pardon me, verse 11 through 18 says this, But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white, setting the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had laid. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing And knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God." I'll leave off reading there at that point. But what I want to notice here is Mary. She loved the Lord. She had been set free from demons, numerous demons, I believe at least seven according to the scriptures. And for her, her devotion, her care, her trust, her faith was deeply rooted in our Savior. The one who was able to set her free from the bonds of sin, from the bonds of possession. And as I look at this this morning, I ask myself as we consider for our own hearts and lives and and those around us, what is limiting? Is there anything that we have not allowed our Lord to free us from? Is there anything we have reserved from him not to touch, not to lay hold on? If there is, I believe, dear ones, that in that reservation you will not see the fullness. You will not experience the joy of the empty tomb. I trust that we can identify with these women. I trust that we can find within them, in their expression, that common love of our Lord, that common desire to worship Him, and may it be in spirit and in truth. It is in the hearts of those that truly worship Him that Jesus reveals Himself, and it is in those hearts when there is nothing standing before us in Him, that the flame of His Spirit and His love burns brightly within us. That for the risen Savior. That from which is derived such spirit of joy, seeing the stone is rolled back. Seeing the tomb is empty. Seeing the death. And sin have been defeated. A couple of things that we would note here at the tomb. Things that those that had been there perceived and expected to be an obstacle. They uh, expected to be problems in, in having access to the body of our Lord. their perception that that stone covering the tomb was a point of exclamation to the sentence of death, a finality, and yet God saw fit that it was rolled away. Not that it took the stone to be rolled away for Christ to come forth, but that we with them can look within in our minds and understand the Lord is risen, the Lord is risen indeed. The angel as well made provisions to remove the soldiers as an obstacle. The scriptures talk about the, the efforts they went to to set a seal, pilot seal, and to post a company of guards there. Another thing the angel of the Lord did there at the tomb was reminding them. I read from the passage in John 14 there earlier, as Christ foretold, after the fact, he reminded them of of that occasion and others where he spoke of that time coming. Unbelief. They were allowed to understand and see, and be inspired, and to be filled with joy. I'd like to to consider yet this morning just a, a number of points as we consider the appearance of the Savior. One of the things that stood out to me and blessed me in one of the accounts where Christ came and he appeared as they were going to tell others and he met them in the way. And it says in the King James, it says, All hail. Or it was a greeting of joy. It was a word of, of wonderful sound in the midst of their hearts of disappointment and anguish and, and not understanding all that was taking place. It was a wonderful thing for them to hear from others. But as, as Christ greeted them, It was special. It says there, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. They came to him without any reservation. The adoration of the Lord. And I believe in that full surrender, they like Abraham, were prepared and able to bring whatever to him he would ask of them. I just want to remind us this morning that we live in a world of divided loyalties, of life partitioned out between hobbies, faith, work, sports, whatever the case may be, may we find, as those words I want to read again to you from that hymn, that all of our life is to be that which is worship to Him, not just when we gather at special times, but everything we do should be something that is worthwhile worthy of his call. Christ, thou my life and my hope, thou my faith and salvation, worthy to take from me homage and true consecration. Lead thou my mind, Savior so true and so kind, unto devout adoration. Joy of my heart, my beloved, I exalt thee forever. Holy I sacrifice body and soul to thee ever. Great is my gain, if I with thee shall remain, may not my soul from thee sever. One thing, O Lord, above all will I covet and cherish. Rest for my soul, and may all other vain objects perish. My only joy, all other pleasure destroy, in me Christ only shall flourish. Ruler of life, O now rule in my heart and endeavor. That all my life may be holy and God pleasing ever, Thy Spirit give that to Thy glory I live, here and in heaven, forever. The writer of those words understood the duty of man to render unto God that which is God's, not only in the in the um, with the hope of heaven, but here in life, in daily work and action this morning i am just grateful with you i trust that you find in in him your all in all the assurance that the lord has given us just as he spoke to the to the women there on that morn and um Brother Justin made reference to that hymn, How Calm and Beautiful the morn!" earlier, and I was wanting to to refer to some of the later verses in that hymn. I'll just read these, these verses. How calm and beautiful the morn that gilds the sacred tomb, where Christ the crucified was born and veiled in midnight gloom. <clears> o <throat> oh, weep no more, the Savior slain, the Lord is risen, he lives again. Ye, mourn, ye mourning saints, dry every tear, for your departed Lord. Behold the place, he is not here, the tomb is all unbarred. The gates of death were closed in vain, the Lord is risen, he lives again. And when the shades of evening fall, when life's last hours draw nigh, if Jesus shine upon the soul, how blissful then to die. Since he has risen, that once was slain, ye die in Christ to live again. May we rejoice in the joy of our salvation. May we, with Abraham of old, walk in the joy of full consecration to him. As we behold the empty tomb. And it is my prayer that those who walk in fear might find In him today, that spirit of comfort as they rest and wait on the Lord. In sickness and in health, in poverty or wealth, may we rejoice in the assurance of our risen Savior. And may we give him the worship that is truly due unto his name. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O God, we come today, we come rejoicing with hearts of thanksgiving that we again can contemplate our risen Savior today, one in whom we confide daily, one in whom we trust, and one in whom we seek to honor and glorify. And as we have met together by this call in line again this morning, may your spirit minister to our needs as only you can in the varied circumstances of our hearts of our worship of our journey in life. And while we may not experience the same as Abraham, we ask father that you would just Work your work in each one of our hearts and lives for your glory, for your praise. And as we see the empty tomb, may we extol the love of Christ our Savior and the power of the resurrection, the one who has had victory over death and vanquished sin, and may we, by your power and grace, Seek to walk in purity and holiness made only possible by the shed blood of Jesus Christ day by day. Minister to each of our homes, each of our hearts, these special times. Father, we, we pray that in the limitations we have, may we see other opportunities. May we look to you to open the doors you want us to walk through. We want to be careful to give you the honor and the praise and the glory. We would ask it all in the name of our risen Lord. With thanksgiving. Amen.